Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Value Line Observer with the Value Guys. I'm Val Hughes. And I'm Vern Value. And we are 25-year Wall Street veterans that have gone underground Mm -hmm. and taken on secret identities in order to provide our unvarnished views on a handful of Value Line's weekly stock picks. You've seen our faces on TV. You've seen us quoted in the press, but our bosses would never allow us to give our unvarnished views on the air. So we've taken on secret identities, disguised our voices, in order to bring you these candid thoughts every week. It's the week of February 29th, which I just want to say happens about oh, wow. every 28 years, at least on a Friday. So we're very Friday, excited right. about that. And uh, we're looking at this week's value line, uh, February 29th. Now, I need to have a few disclosures. A, it's later than usual, so uh, I don't know. The show may be in serious trouble. Let me we'll guess. See how You're not well go. prepared. You know, how do you know? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not actually well prepared. But I need to remind our listeners, this show is for entertainment purposes only. And I don't know how entertaining we're actually going to be tonight. But we are Wall Street professionals. This is the same candid advice we give during the week to our paying customers. (laughs) But here, frankly, and maybe to a little excess this week, we've we've been (laughs) drinking here That would be when, you know, the clean advice Uh, we would give an institutional client after having read the value line. Yeah, the value line. And it's late Friday. We're drinking. It's the weekend. We're just kicked back, and now you're in on it. We've been doing this for 25 years, and now uh, we record it. And you know, maybe we should do that for quite a while. Anyway, check out all our disclosures: www.thevalueguys.com. We have all our shows indexed there. Drag our XML into your Internet Explorer, and we've got you know two years of index shows to ticker, to ticker symbols. Do it also. Gently. Uh, write us. I'm uh, Val at thevalueguys.com. And or Vern at thevalueguys.com. Yeah, we finally got Vern's email going recently. He knows how to work it now, so you can write him over there. I got a crank. Uh, I'm going to be back at the second half of the show. Vern's going first this week, and I've done a little less work than usual, so. Uh, Is that possible? <laughs> not really. I had to work. That's sort of like so breaking the sound barrier. I don't even know what I'm going to be talking about. I've got a few picked out. You know, it was a medical supplies week, so I've got some kind of annuity things. I have a medical Owens and Minor. It looks a little expensive, but I own it, and I want to talk about it as a low-risk yield. Don't Kinetic concept. I'm going to tell. I want people to all stick right. around. If they're once they're listening to you, they need incentives to hang around for the back half of the show. Kinetic Concepts, KCI. I've talked about. I'm going to talk about that. Patterson. Actually, I used to cover that on the sell side. They've gone astray. I may not talk about that, maybe some other time. And then uh, Newport Corp., which I know nothing about and hope to get familiar <laughs> with name, during, though, don't you? during Vern's segment here. Uh, so with a modest amount of ado, I want to turn things over to Vern Value, who's very well I'm prepared I'm just bursting with okay. stock ideas Take to talk away. about this Excellent. week. Starting off with LCA Vision. Which Val tells me he's talked about before. It's on the Val's I best hope not pick list. Anytime recently. It's down a lot. <laughs> you know how much the stock's down? Hey. I'll tell you how much the stock is down. Value Line rates it a five. It's my worst performance. When Value Line rates a stock a five, is that, it's either going to go bankrupt or it's down by at least half. Listen, it has okay. worked out. You know. Uh, anyway, symbol is LCAV. I'm glad you like According it. According to Value Line, stock recently under $14. And I think this may be a story of, uh, well, a risk premium that's gotten a little bit out of control. Um, uh, it, this is a stock at 13 and three quarters, call it, that is down about 30% from its high earlier this year. 
and worth a look. And seventy, I mean, in two months, and seventy percent, and seventy percent from where it was at its high last year, eighty percent down from its all-time high. It's down. High. Let's face it. Got it. Like, so what like about there's it? bankruptcy risk or something. Well, a lot of leases, my friend. There's no a lot debt. Of rent due. The a lot annual of rent. rental is six million dollars. Okay. Well. EBITDA is like fifty-five hmm. or sixty. Hmm. Well, uh, there's no interest. There's six million of debt. There's sixty-two million of cash on the balance sheet. Maybe there's a competitor that's just it, taking it, all their it, business let's away. Just, just for kicks, it has a ten PE right now and yields over five percent. Okay, if hmm. if I take the uh, sixty-two dollars of cash, I'll take off the debt of six. I'm at fifty some. Call it fifty. I have nineteen million shares outstanding. Even $2 off of the stock price is another point plus off of the multiple. This is a seven times gross cash flow running uh, at $2 and above, has for the last couple of years. Uh, Value Line is forecasting that to continue. Really, ever since 2005, when revenue stepped up closer to the $200 million level, they've been able to generate $2 in gross cash flow. The last time they showed any serious weakness in cash flow generation, 2001, in a recession, um, they had $68 million in revenue. Okay? Well, why is it down so much, Vern? I'm I mean, not sure why it's down so much. They're missing numbers, obviously. Well, yeah, they, they've missed. And it's a discretionary it's choice. It's a discretionary I mean, item, and there's a know, great deal of concern old, that – that I think that revenue and with some significant leverage because it's ultimately a store-based business um, yeah. could make earnings right. evaporate, right? Right. Yeah, and if you don't leverage. know who LCA Vision is, you probably have heard of LASIK and LASIK Plus. They own and operate 60 centers, most in the U.S., some jointly held in Canada. Hmm. Okay. I, one of the things that, I, I, it, that makes me feel a little better, now I don't know if this ownership data – would reflect, you know, what the current ownership of the stock is after this big decline. But it, they, they're saying Lord Abbott at more than 8%. Those and, are smart guys. And Wanger at 8%. Those are smart guys. With officers and directors owning almost 8%. So I like that. Um, I I'm like looking, that they recommended it when I did, and they're down too or something. Two right? quarters ago, the company had a big positive comparison. Last quarter, they had a big down comparison. They're down for the full year. They're expected to be down in 08. Value Line talks a lot about being concerned about the fact that they're installing this new technology into uh, several of their vision centers this year. And uh, with the industry volume down organically, that that presents some incremental risk on uh, installation and execution, I guess. In the meantime, they're planning to add five to ten new vision centers, which, by the way, is a, an 8 to 15% increase in uh, potential revenue-generating capability. Um, but that they have these things going on, and somehow that might make all the numbers suspect. But they're forecasting earnings to decline from $1.64 to $1.35 with revenue basically flat. So I'm not quite sure... How much more they they're penalizing them? Uh, Maybe Medicare just took them off the approved uh, reimbursement list. Well, as with any stock that we talk about, you, have, you need to you need to back up what we tell you with some work of well, your who own. Knows, but, but what uh, do they say that? I mean, what's no, they don't. Medicare? There's no no, no no nothing here about government reimbursement uh, or reimbursement at all being an issue, but rather a concern about it being a discretionary expense by the consumer. Hmm. 
Um, and this, you know, recent, the stock's down, the numbers have softened up, the growth's not coming through organically, management guides down, they have a disappointing quarter, the stock's been slaughtered. Is there technology disadvantage in I, some I, way? I, I we don't, don't know. know it could happen, I guess. But I, I don't understand what how big the incremental risk is that's not already in the value line analysts' mm-hmm. estimates. I mean – Pretty good you yield. Know, I, I mean, either you believe your numbers, or if you don't, then lower them. Why right. do you badmouth them? I mean, so uh, there's uh, estimates they, that are. We see that occasionally. Brilliant. I wish you know we love Value Line, but I wish they you know. Um, so I'm looking at if I if I take the annual rentals because it's a store operator and I gross them up at ten times. We talked yeah. about this before. Right. I have uh, better than sixty million of debt. I'll add the six million on the balance sheet, but subtract the sixty-two million right. of cash. Of course. So I've got about ten million that I add to two hundred and fifty million equity. I've got two hundred and sixty million dollar firm value, supposed to earn nineteen percent of two hundred and ninety five million on the EBITDA. So that's fifty five million less than five times. Yeah, that's compelling. Twenty percent cash I, on cash. I have seven times gross cash flow. Um, Seventy-five cents of capital spending is what Value Line's looking for. So maybe when I'm a dollar thirty or something like that. I need to take off the annual rental. Okay, right. I'm still at 12 times free cash well, flow a on you, a number that I've really beat up some. If you've put the rental into the uh, enterprise value, you may not need to pull it out of the earnings. But I w- I'm not talking about an enterprise value multiple here. I'm just looking at the stock price relative oh, to free okay. cash flow with the idea that I don't really have any leverage. Gotcha. Right. Uh, so I, I'm not there, there. Something we talked about this before. You get the feeling there must be something else to know. But there's nothing evident in underlying performance. And, I mean, talk about demand. I mean, more and more people are interested in this because there are fewer and fewer cases of anything going wrong. Right, more and more time of safe, you know, So it looks to me like a, it may be risky, but 5% yield, people, I, you know, pretty good. looks like a pretty high, stiff risk premium. For I liked it, story. you know, so at higher LCAV, prices. Uh, now, I'm going to stick with the health care orientation because we love the demographics of that and, um, here's a stock that I've often looked at and uh, wanted to own and never really felt, especially as a value guy, That's that I could. so interesting. But Edwards Life Sciences has had a hiccup recently and looks very interesting to me. You just sold that. Did you really? <laughs> Are you yeah. serious? Yeah, yeah. A couple months ago. We oh, a couple it. months we ago. We owned it for quite a while. Well, then you probably it. got out of it before this, this we did. hiccup. Yes, okay, we did. very good. Um, a leader in a, I, I'm a leader in advanced. They're losing share. Advanced Their cardiovascular disease treatments. Number one heart valve company in the world. Well, number Global one right now. But leader in acute share right hemodynamic yeah. monitoring as well. Yeah. The heart valve therapy, 47% of their business. And that's what's sick? Is that what you're... Well, you know, this is a... Help this me out is, Well, I will. These guys, these scientists are out there inventing heart valves. And some, you know, these guys had one from a cow heart uh, valve. And it was, uh, you know, living tissue. So it did better than the mechanical or the plastic or whatever. Mm-hmm. But as they went that way, there's just leapfrog technology. So right now, someone's ahead of them and that's hurt the stock. Well, once it's in the stock, and I, you know, see where you're going... We sold it in advance of that, but now it's in the stock. So do they have scientists that can figure out the next leapfrog? Are they now in a better position to come out with the new advance? This is not something that stays still. They missed a cycle, but last time they had the cycle, you know. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's just when are the people going to invent something better than the new yeah, guy? Okay. Well, know? I like the uh, I like the, qu- the implied, or I thought, 
uh, or I think, I, I, I think, I think, the inherent underlying quality. I mean, this is a business consistently earned 20-plus percent operating yeah, I think margins. that's a good bet here. Low frankly. to mid-teens return on, on capital. Looks very well run. Uh, been very steady eddy, if you will. It's their um, turn to be the best thing next. Capital you know? structure, again, uh, you know, here's a, a company that looks terrific that way, uh, 7% debt to capital, but with cash almost equal to debt. So there's really almost, uh, you know, no uh, no financial leverage. Um, you, the history they're showing since 2000 shows that if you look at their gross, their cash flow in quotes per share, less capital spending per share, and compare that to earnings per share. I think it, I kind of eyeballed it, but it looked like every single year there they generated, you know, a better than 100% conversion ratio. Um, that the return on capital um, uh, certainly reflects the value that they've been able to, you know, this proprietary advantage they've had, if you will. Uh, I think that's there's a, a bet. there's a low tax rate here, and you might be inclined to think that. That's inflating return on capital. Well, of course, it inflates the net profit margin. But over a long period of time, if sustained, and it apparently has been, it's actually a drag on return on capital through retained earnings accumulating in the capital base. So this is really a business that incrementally, which it's had rising ROI over this entire period of time Hmm. with a growing drag created relative to other companies by the tax rate situation. So this is a company that over time has been able to generate higher and higher incremental returns on capital. Hmm, cool. So, I, you know, if I'm going to bet on something, this is a little more expensive than I would like to pay normally. Ten, it's, a, you know, 10 to 12 times gross cash flow. Uh, my enterprise value EBITDA uh, calculation works out at about 11 times. But I'm looking at the value line analyst is looking for positive earnings comparisons by the third quarter of this year, leading to a recovery in 09. And if they really believe that, which I think they do. It's a shame they have to rate it four. The value line analyst says the stock's not timely because our momentum-based ranking system pegs this stock to underperform. Uh, but it also speaks to, you know, there's been some stuff that happens recently, and there's lots of long-term potential here. This is a value line analyst who's, you know, would love the opportunity to put his own rating on here. Value line system says four. I think the value line analyst is on our side on this one. Take a look at Edwards Life Sciences. EW is the symbol. Uh, there's no yield, but um, I think there's a nice bounce in the stock, maybe. And uh, third, last stock today for Vern. Yes, sir. Can I take a drink? I'm a little, yeah, go a little ahead. dry. It's here. a little ahead of schedule, but uh, help yourself. Am I, how am I doing time? I have no idea. No, I mean, no we're right on schedule. I'm having a snack. My, my third stock is PACAR. The symbol is PCAR. Yeah, for those of you who are not familiar with them, they are a leading manufacturer of uh, trucks. Trucks. Uh, brand names are Kenworth, Peterbilt. You might have heard of those and never heard of Packard. Kenworth and Peterbilt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in Europe, they have the names Foden and DAF, D-A-F. Um, Very nice. And I don't remember where they're – well, they talk about where their plants are. I don't know particularly where they're strong in Europe. But I do know that they've been a steady market share gainer in Europe – is they've applied uh, basically their business model in this, you know, pretty highly commoditized industry um, in the U.S. And the return on capital this business generates in the 20s with moderate 
financial leverage, 36% uh, debt to cap according to Value Line, and that's including a small financing business that is about 6% of revenue in 2006. So that, of course, would inflate the debt on the balance sheet. Nevertheless, total debt at $3.4 billion, offset 2.4 on cash. So not a lot of debt. Great company. Um, for a company with over five billion of book equity, that's always been the a stock. Great recently at forty-three is trading around one times revenue. Um, I, for those of you who don't know, uh, the past year, two thousand seven, when when uh, Packard saw earnings go from about four dollars to about three thirty, down seventy cents. What is that? Almost twenty yeah, percent. Is the most pronounced and severe decline in the North American, U.S., really, heavy-duty truck industry in history created by a massive uh, uh, surge in demand ahead of the most recent EPA-mandated uh, changes in engine technology on diesel engines. We've talked about this theme mm -hmm. before, uh, that has just totally cratered the market. This stock's down 30% from its highs, but again, Cash gross cash flows gone from in you know, '05 was a little over four dollars. In '06 was over five dollars. In '07, down from '06, but better than '05. Right? Doesn't this speak to a question about efficient markets? Because this technology mandate change has been known about, and yet the stock reacts downward after when, the after fact. the fact. And yet it's been known for years. So it's it's interesting. Uh, you know, your college professors out there. Ought to look at something like this as the a thing case I study. don't the piece of information I wish I had that value line unfortunately this analyst is not included in their business description and please please value line analysts please include this in all your business descriptions unless international sales is immaterial or are immaterial please give us the geographic breakdown I don't have this here on PACAR you know I'm sure there's some bet and or concern about the European business slowing down. Because that business has remained strong, right, the knock-on effect from North America. But at $43, you're talking at less than 10 times gross cash flow. Their capital spending for a company that's in a capital goods business, around a dollar a share. The 2007 number, the number they delivered in the most hideous market in their core market where they make the best returns, their gross, uh, uh, their, not gross, their free cash flow was... 350 a share. The stock's 43. I have five and a half times enterprise value basis. I got value line looking for bad earnings comparisons to be anniversary again in the third quarter. In their description, they say the domestic heavy truck segment has yet to turn the corner. Good. You're way over time. Good. Buy it now before value line raises their rating from a four. Uh, interesting again, the value line analyst talking about. Share uh, potential of 15 to 20 percent longer term. It's up in their little table up in the top left. They show projected returns to 2011, 2013, ranging from 14 to 26 percent annualized. Um, this is another one where the value line analyst knows this is a good-looking stock idea and has to write a report uh, to support the rating. So um, PCAR. I'm going to have a tough time when we come back to the favorite idea because maybe we won't because we're out of time, Burn, because of your extended discussion. No, I haven't been that long. Go ahead. Check the time. All right, my I'm going to turn right over. People Beverage have break. Shicked off hey, already. I had good stock. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, we'll be revisit that. Uh -huh. I don't see your best ideas on the internet, my friend, like mine. No, you don't. That's true. All right. Well, this is Vern. I'm not Vern. I'm Val. Val Hughes. I'm Vern. And. Uh, Listen, I've done a little less work than uh, usual this week, but it's advantaged by the fact 
but I'm doing stocks I own, except for the first one, which I don't own, but have looked at, know the management, and uh, used to follow on the street years ago. It's a great little company. And in, the, uh, in this week's value line, you know, we have this big medical supplies industry. And, you know, you talk about having some wind at your back with the demographics. We're always gravitating toward this area. Uh, so let me get right into it here. The first one up. Uh, but first I want to, hey, did you guys see Take Two? I've only been talking about that on the show for two years. It was my biggest holding. It's finally getting bought out. I'm excited about that. Anyway. Bye. Ironically. Well, Electronic Arts, but there's we're hoping for a bidding war. I'm not selling any. Let me just say that. Everybody wants it, this Grand Theft Auto. It's unbelievable. Anyway. Uh, okay. Demographics. Talking about uh, Marisource. ABC. It's an easy ticket to remember. Page 179. This used to be Amerisource Bergen. Uh, because Amerisource bought Bergen Brunswick. But, you know, frankly, this uh, pharmaceutical distribution industry has been one of consolidation for 50 years. Every town had a drug distributor, and they've sort of balled up. And Every just, town? Yeah, of course. And now there's, you know, three of them. So the wind at your back for years was a consolidating industry. You don't have it anymore because the Justice Department itself has ruled you can't have any more acquisitions in this industry because everybody's too big. Amerisource has basically emerged with McKesson and Cardinal Health as, the, you know, uh, I think they may be the largest in terms of absolute sales. But what they do is they buy drugs from all the pharma companies and then they distribute them very effectively to all the places that need pharmaceuticals, so hospitals, doctors' offices, etc. And they make a teeny tiny margin. So Amerisource makes 1.5% operating margin. That's a level no one can usually live with. But they're earning 12% returns on capital with that, and that means they've got uh, all their assets, you know, uh, being very efficiently employed, and they have very high assets-to-equity turnover. Uh, I'm sorry, sales-to-assets turnover. And uh, they do it with giant, you know, warehouses that put through billions of dollars worth of product, and I've visited some of these things. It's amazing to watch. And all you pay for is labor, light, and heat. Well, right. They're mostly automated. You know, you can have ten guys running a factory the size of uh, Quebec or something, and uh, and you go out and you build relationships Wisconsin. with hospitals. Um, so what do I like about it? Well, cash flow, 395 gross. Uh, price $43, although I didn't look today, Vern. I don't know what you know. I mean, the market was crushed today. I don't even want to get into oh, that. Oh, I assume all these stocks got Yeah, they're cheaper. all probably, I mean, this is 43.90 on here. This thing's probably 41 right now, I'm just going to say. I have no idea, but they're all down. I think Packard is 20. Uh, so at that level, this is getting near about 10 times gross cash flow. Now, that's a little higher than I would like. But my theme on this, and it's a little bit... You know, people might find this to be a little bit aggressive, but this is near certain growth. And that is you've got demographics, you've got the aging of the population, you've got drugs. On the one hand, everyone's worried that uh, there's not enough new drugs being invented, but that means the drugs we already have are all going off patent. They're all going to cost a buck. So by the time you're old enough to need a bunch of drugs and the older, you know, the over 60 crowd is really the one that uses about 80% of all pharmaceuticals, uh, the drugs are coming down in price because they're coming off patent and no new drugs are being invented. 
I mean, what the heck? If new drugs are being invented, it'll probably just extend lifespan, and we'll all be buying drugs even longer. It'll be even better for these drug companies. And these guys have an annuity on basically a 1.5% margin on drug sales. Drug inflation still is much higher than average inflation and uh, much higher than GDP. So you talk about being involved in an annuity that's almost guaranteed to grow faster than GDP, and that's these guys. You get it at a market discount. It's a... 99% of the market P.E., so, okay, I'll call that a market P.E. But when I look at an enterprise value to EBITDA measure, uh, these guys are about 9, 8 to 9 times. That's 11% return cash on cash. And then these guys, uh, Value Line says they're going to grow at 11%. So I see a low 20s return on capital here in terms of your investment, very low risk. Um, according to Value Line here, they're All of mine were double-digit growers. Yeah. According to value lines well, this is not just double digit, my friend. Double digit could be ten. Okay, I'm talking. Okay, one of low mine. Is, you busted 20s. me. One of mine is ten. Okay, right. Ten. But, okay, whatever. These guys have five hundred million dollars in cash. One is twenty. They've got one hundred and forty-four million shares. That's about four bucks a share in cash. Uh, and I see them trading at nine times EBITDA. And, you know, that's a pretty good deal. Balance sheet's pretty decent. Thirty percent debt to cap, and on a net debt, so. Debt minus cash over capital minus cash, uh, they're about 10%. So they're not even nearly levered as much as they could be with a stable business like pharmaceutical distribution. The stock's been down recently. I think that's partly because everything's down. Um, but, uh, you know, here's a pretty decent yield at low risk. Amerisource, uh, page 179. And then, uh, let's see, I got a couple other ones here. Okay, here's one. Kinetic Concepts, KCI. You know what? I've been talking about this for years on this show. Value Line is rating at one, so the cat's a little bit out of the bag. <laughs> uh, but this stock, you know, here's what they do. They do uh, wound care. So they have a proprietary system to get wound care victims out of the hospital quicker using a vacuum type approach, and it's uh, they've got patents. So somebody could come along and invent something well, that just worked better. They could do right? that, but if they do that, you're going to see that at the FDA, and no one's got anything filed in the FDA. So the newest competitor is two or three years oh. away, assuming that they put something in so the, the FDA so tomorrow. If, so if somebody put something in the FDA, the stock wouldn't be hurt by that. Well, the stock's already been hurt by the oh, risk. Okay. Smith and Nephew bought a competitor. It got in the stock. So the market's already ah. reflecting the risk of Smith and Aren't Nephew coming in I with asked. a product. That's in the stock, my friend. This has long been discussed on the show. And uh, and, and yet Smith and Nephew. Uh, hey, I'm here every week, and I don't remember. Well, you don't listen to the shows, frankly. Once we're out of here, you never retouch it. That, what do you mean I'm, never? You don't never listen. Never is not I'm right. I'm telling you, you have not listened to the show where I talk about kinetic concepts, we've been through all the Smith and Nephew and competitive stuff. Can we get on with it here? Go ahead. Do you think people care about this discussion? Now, Smith and Nephew says they're going to have a product. They bought the competitor to kinetic concepts that the Justice Department says does not actually have a competitive product, and they don't have anything in the market. We've surveyed doctors who say this is the only product they can choose uh, given its uh, ability to get people out of the hospital faster, back to work faster, so there's a real economic value. Their returns on capital are mid-20s. They have no debt. They're growing at nearly 20% a year. They've got a nice European distributor. It's growing 20 30% in Europe. Wow. In the U.S., it's growing 20%. Uh, only, according to a lot of analysts, only 40% of the patients that could benefit from this 
uh, treatment are being treated. It's a fairly new approach over the last two to three years. And, you know, Valuline has it rated a one, so, you know, I'm on it too. That's very rare. But this thing's trading at about eight times well, EBITDA. This is the power of Valuline. You know, a lot of time they're ones continue to perform for a long time. That's why their system generates. I think what happened is, see, this thing got to about 65. Barron's ran some negative articles about a presumed competitor that we've checked with doctors and such is not a real competitor. Barron's likes to get on the short side with stuff. Entertainment purposes only. Whatever. They've slammed Kinetic with this, you know, article. It's about a month or two ago when you see the drop here. And when we go into the marketplace, Kinetic is the product of choice. They just reported a couple weeks ago. The numbers are solid. They've got a ton of cash, and it's cheap as hell. I mean, competitive companies with similar medical products that are returning these types of levels are trading at 20, 25 times. They're trading Mm. at 13 times. So. I think, you know, I own it. I'm holding it for an $80 price. and oh, I'm so getting you may have, kinetic you concepts may have selfish conflicts at work here. What do you mean in terms well, of me owning tra- it personally? trying to warn our I am trying to make money, Vern, if that's yeah, your okay. thought there, right, by right. owning it. So yeah, I own right. the kinetic because I think it's going up. <laughs> that's exactly right. Trying to make money by Owens and Miner, that's my trick. I buy stocks wow. I think are going up. Yeah. I, we recommend many people should try uh, that approach to investing. Yeah. Vern, let me just get on with it, okay? Owens and Miner, OMI. I own this. It's on page 222. What do they do? They are a distributor of medical and surgical supplies to doctor's offices, uh, just like uh, Amerisourceburg, and they have grown in part through acquisition over many years. They once were in a town, and now they're in, you know, the whole nation over a 50-year period of, you know, creative acquisitions. Uh, But... What you have here, my theme is, again, almost certain and consistent growth. They provide supplies that are not particularly unique. Uh, you know, uh, pay, a lot of paper, Band-Aids, gauze, equipment, reusable stuff, so it's always in demand from doctor's offices. They earn a tiny margin, although two times what Bergen earns, 3%. And they have such efficient use of assets that they're putting up, again, a 12% return on capital. They only leverage that modestly, so they're doing about a 15% return on equity. Uh, That's been improving over the last couple years because they are improving their efficiency as their operating margin moves from, you know, 2.5% four years ago to 3%, and uh, they continue to uh, improve the efficiency of primarily their uh, big distribution centers. They're having some good results right now. According to Value Line, you know, their earnings are growing 20 and 30% due to acquisition, accretive deals. Uh, They're significantly reducing expenses. They're cutting debt. Um, They did buy the McKesson uh, medical products distribution business last year, so they're getting the benefits benefits right now of some economies of scale of that and some cost cuts. Um, You know, this is just a good, solid grower. It's not as cheap as I'd like. Uh, Cash flow... 375 stock at 43, so that might be 12 times gross cash flow. They don't have to spend a ton against that, a buck. So you're at 275. Is that better than Edwards at about the same multiple? Well, Edwards can be displaced tomorrow by someone inventing something. I think you have a good point there. And these guys can. Son. Yeah, so uh, I'm older than you, my friend, so that'd be very good. Quite a bit, actually. Uh, 375, a buck capex, that's 275. Free, value line free, whatever. That's 15 times free. 
7% cash on cash, and then I got a 10% growth rate here according to Value Line. So that's some kind of mid-20s return. And in a world that seems to be going to hell, you know, this is a very solid cash flow stream and a very attractive cash on cash yield. And that, who knows if it attracts private equity, but it's the kind of thing that does. So, uh, so if you very, want something safe that will protect you if the world goes to hell, buy Owens & Minor. Well, the is world is summary? going to hell, and oh, okay. this this affords well, you a twenty percent uh, return. <laughs> it's not it's not some give up like the treasuries, my friend. Yeah. This is a twenty percent so cash on like cash today, return. But, you know. Yeah, yeah. Do you have something you want to save, Ern, or are you nope. just going to make snide back just gonna ground make marks? Okay. Snide background. So that's marks. all I have this week. Owens and Miner. I like um, that one. They're over there. Yeah, Kinetic Concepts. Uh, my best pick this week. It's a little expensive. Um, but, you know, just I've already recommended the, the KCI, but I think I'm going to make Owens and Miner my best pick this week. OMI, page 222. Okay. I'm going to go with, um, ooh, i got to go with the LCA Vision uh, with the stock under 14 and under five times on what looks like enterprise value right now, but with a you know, caveat that there looks like there's one piece of information I don't have. I like that a lot higher. Yeah. That could be a value trap, my friend. Yeah, it could be. Something's could going be. on there. One times revenue now. Less than one times revenue. Yeah. Six, seven times cash flow. I don't know. Returns I don't know about this. Okay. There's something about that one. I may be turning a lot of, I'm looking at a lot of free cash flow Doesn't generated. Doesn't smell good to me. A lot of free cash flow generated over the Why last six years. Why is it going freaking down? A lot. Because it's been growing like a weed. Yeah, we don't know the answer to that question. Yeah, I don't know the answer to that. Hey, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, okay. everybody.